Hello, I'm Sharon Davis. This is the Enterprising Mindset podcast, and my guest today is Alison Rose. Alison's the Chief Executive of NatWest Group PLC and the first woman to lead a major UK lender. Having worked at the bank for more than 27 years, she joined as a graduate and was most recently Deputy Chief Executive of NatWest Holdings and Chief Executive of RBS's commercial and private banking business. Alison sits on the Board of Directors for the Institute of International Finance and is a member of the International Business Council for the World Economic Forum. She's also a trustee of business in the community and chairs the Scottish BITC Advisory Board. Alison led on the Rose Review Report on Female Entrepreneurship, which was published in March 2019, which identified funding, risk awareness, primary care responsibilities and perceptions of skills as just some of the key barriers to female entrepreneurship. The prize, however, for overcoming these barriers is a significant one to the UK. Boosting female entrepreneurship could add up to $250 billion to the economy, the report states. Alison, it's a huge privilege to welcome you to Enterprising Mindset. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Great. Well, let's just settle in with the question that I ask all of our guests. And that one is, is what does an enterprising mindset mean to you personally? I think for me, at the heart of it, it's about embracing challenge, change and and accepting a degree of risk and not being afraid to fail, learning quickly, doing better next time and sort of constantly learning and and having courage to keep that open mind and keep moving forward. And that feels like a a real mantra in lots of ways for for all of us, I guess, for 2020, whether that's at home or whether that's in work. And I guess what's your view when it comes to an enterprising mindset for for employees, whether that's large organisations, small organisations, rather than just solely as founders of businesses? I think it's an important thing for everybody to have. I think uh, we all know the importance of building a re- resilience, you know, your own personal resilience and accepting that things are changing rapidly. So for me, it's about having that ongoing curiosity, constantly learning, getting used to ambiguity. Things aren't always going to go to plan and being able to adapt and learn and fail and move on. I think for for people individually, I think that mindset is a really important one because the world is you know, evolving and changing massively, whether it's technology, whether it's the pandemic that we're dealing with, the ability to adapt and learn and progress and except you can't control everything, but continue to be curious, I think builds resilience for everyone. And you mentioned there living with ambiguity. I mean, that's so topical right now with the current environment that we're living in, that uncertainty. I mean, how do we find ways of developing that enterprising mindset in, in, in our employees? Because it's, it's, it's going to be part of the recovery, isn't it, of the economy? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be part of the recovery of the economy, but also... You know, the pace of, I think there's a great phrase, which I often um, steal, you know, the pace of change is never going to be slower than it is now. It's only going to be able to speed up. And I I, I think being able to develop that resilience um, and being able to accept that there is ambiguity, the the way you build that resilience, I think it's quite a personal one. It's what are your ways of dealing with stress and challenge that, that come at you and what is the support network around you. But but I do think this um, constant learning and creating a learning mindset is really important because education, learning empowers. I'm a great believer in that. And, and accepting that you don't know the answer, I think, is a really big step, whether you're a leader of a business or you know, an organization or an individual. So um, accepting you don't know the answer 
relying on other people, constantly learning. I think those are really important characteristics that, that help you keep moving forward um, but, and build resilience as well. And I'm, I'm sensing there there's a healthy dose of uh, humility as well. Yeah, I, I think it's really important. Nobody can have all the answers. The world is incredibly complex and, and interdependent. Um, you know, I've, I've always taken the view, certainly throughout my career, as I've built teams and worked with people, that building teams is about building different perspectives and, and different answers. And, and nobody has the answer to every question. So as long as you're learning and moving forward, I think that's that's really important. And, and I do think in particularly the current environment with the pandemic or whatever disruption we're going to face, setting unrealistic expectations that there is an absolute answer. It, it is really a case, and this is where entrepreneurs are incredibly um, thought leaders in this space. You, you've got to test and learn and test and learn and, and develop and be flexible and adaptable. And, and, and that way you're going to get the best out of people and yourselves. Let's go back to the start of what has been an incredible journey for you so far. Um, it's not over yet. I'm sure there's, there's, there's lots more to come. But can you, can you tell us a little bit about those early influences for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I come, I mean, probably parents and family are, are, are the biggest influences. I come from a military family. So um, I grew up overseas, constantly moving. Um, but, I, but I think sort of living within a family that you know, needed to be adaptable, a, a real sense of duty um, and commitment um, and, and the need to have a positive impact and, and make a difference in life is, is highly valued. But, but also I think when you're, when you're traveling, I think the longest I lived anywhere was a year up until the age of um, 14, 15, is um, the different perspectives and that, that it gives you. So, you know, whether I was living in Libya or in, you know, Hong Kong or, you know, anywhere in Europe or the Middle East, you, you, it gives you a different sense of perspective. And if I think about one of the biggest influences for me and important disciplines for me, it's always getting that sense of perspective because it's so important because it gives you a broader horizon and more balance in your viewpoint. So family, um, traveling the world, um, those were those were big influences for me in terms of shaping my my views and experience. I get a sense of you. you I've listened to lots of your work. I've heard you speak a, a number of times and that sense of service, that sense of duty. I think that really comes across in your leadership style because it's almost a servant leadership style. Do you think, would you, what, what would yeah. your view be on that? No, I, I am. I, the, what I always describe to my colleagues is I, I'm always a great believer in you invert the pyramid. So, um, you know, organisations, you know, normally have a a, a pyramid structure CEO at the top and everyone below, whereas I, I always take the view, flip it around. And actually, it came from a very good piece of advice someone gave me early on in my career where I had a very challenging boss. And they said, just in your mind, you know, reverse it and work on the basis that they work for you. And just that very, very simple, simple trick um, from a mindset perspective was very helpful. But, but I, I do, I view my role as one to you know, serve my customers, serve my colleagues, you know, uh, bash down the walls, help get things done and deliver the value. And, and that comes from working with a great team and empowering, you know, the great talent that exists within an organisation. Well, that comes across very much um, in all that you do. Um, 
any let's let's kind of continue that journey i mean are there any kind of sliding doors moments you remember if you watch the film sliding doors remember do you know what, yeah. I mean, what i'm saying yeah. any sliding doors moments when you can recall that maybe life could have gone a very different way for you oh yeah lo- lots of them i mean i think um at one point you know there are always those four or five key moments i think within you know within your career or your life um you know there was uh, one point where um, I was, I actually, I've been, as you mentioned in the introduction at the organization for a long time, but there was definitely a moment when I was leaving, uh, several of them, uh, another job, a different job. And in the end, I was persuaded today to stay, but my life would have gone a very different direction if I left equally, you know, relocating to Asia, which is uh, an area I grew up in. Uh, that moment sort of, I, I didn't take that moment as well. And then different jobs. Um you know, one of the jobs that I think was a critical role for me um, was a job I turned down three times. Um, and in the end, one of my mentors said, look, just seriously take this job and, and look at it from a different perspective. Don't look at it as a, a job. Look at it, what, what it does for you in terms of it gives you global responsibility. It gives you management responsibility. It gives you strategic. But it took me away from the things I loved, which was talking and working with clients. Um, but it was the best job I ever took because it taught me a huge amount about what I liked, what I enjoyed, what I was good at, and gave me a very, very different perspective, which meant when I did come back to a client role, I approached in a very different way. So there were always those moments where you think, gosh, if I hadn't done that, what would have happened? Uh, so, And I, I think those are always the choices. And it's so interesting when you're talking about that mentor, that, that have you always had mentors? Have you always found a value of mentors? Yeah, I mean, I've had, uh, it, it's interesting when I look back, I, I realise, you know, I've had lots of informal mentors. I've been very, very lucky um, with the people in my career that I've come across both from you know, an individual who started off as a client who became a lifelong mentor for me and was was a great person just in terms of, you know, guiding me to individuals within, you know, my own firm. And, and I think having that person that you can talk to safely outside of your day-to-day and just bounce things past, um, I think a great truth is you often know the answer yourself, but sometimes you just need to, you know, bounce it off someone who you trust and who is sensible and can give you, give you a different perspective. And also occasionally just take the emotion out of some things to you know really get to the root cause. But I think it's always important to have those sounding boards, both in your environment, but outside your environment as well, because it, it just it just defuses a lot of uh, the tension that can build up. And of course, the Rose Review highlights the importance of mentors. It also highlights the importance of, of, of networks having a significant impact on the potential success of an entrepreneur's endeavours. The Rose Review highlighted a strong desire among women for relevant, relatable local networking options that are accessible. Lots of young women will state that networks are a big barrier to entrepreneurship. So what in your mind do you think we can be doing to help young women understand the value of and begin to win, to build those networks safely? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it came across in the Rose Review as a huge issue. I think relatable mentors is really important because if it is someone who is too far removed from you, then it, it doesn't resonate with the real day-to-day challenges that you're facing as a as an entrepreneur. But the value of a network is, is super important. And one of the things I always say to female entrepreneurs is don't think as net, of networks as 
the old style of networks. It's it's a great myth. You know, the, when we started doing the research, there would always be this uh, comment that women, you know, just don't network. I mean, that's absolute nonsense. Women are ferocious networkers, but and they're brilliant at it. But often, you know, the networking, which is in a formal event in a hotel bar at eight o'clock in the evening with a bunch of gray men in suits really isn't something that appeals. So networking has to be done in a way that is relevant and relatable and works. And then women are amazing networkers. Uh, so I think I would always encourage people to women and female entrepreneurs to think about, you know, how how you work, how you operate in your day to day life and then find a network that works for you or create your own one or create your own group. Um, the stereotypical model of networking isn't what it's about. And, and don't be, you know, disturbed by it. And if you need help or support, find someone who can help you because there's lots of support out there. But it does allow you to open doors and it does allow you to do that. And for me, with a lot of the advice um, and the direction that we gave in the Rose Review is, you know, women are great networkers. It's the networking framework that needs to change rather than perpetuating the old approach. And, and that's the challenge we need to break down. That's actually runs in parallel to something else I've heard you talk about, which is where the environment needs to change. And that relates to the issue of unconscious bias as the barrier for female entrepreneurs. I've heard you speak a number of times when you talk about, actually, that's not an issue for women to sort out. It's a it's an environmental issue. And so, so what's what's your view on that in terms of of unconscious bias and the and the barrier it places for female entrepreneurs and what more do you think we can do as a society to tackle that barrier i think it's critical because and we all have unconscious bias i have unconscious bias everybody does we are we are creatures of our own upbringing background experience all of those different elements and i think being aware of your unconscious bias and challenging it is is really important and often once you raise awareness of it people then become very astute um, but I think what's really important is this perception of what success looks like. If I think about my own career, you know, early on in my career, one of the challenges I always got in year end reviews or whatever was, well, you know, you're not not really the typical image of someone who would be running a business like this. And we need to work on your gravitas. And, and, and I would often go, well, you want me to be, you know, like this. Well, I'm not like that. I'm like this. And that's why I'm successful. And so I think for entrepreneurs, and particularly female entrepreneurs or, you know, young women coming into the industry or career, it's remembering that if people are challenging you because you don't fit the norm, they're the one with the issue, not you. And, and I think that's really important. And I think constantly raising the issue of unconscious bias so that people are aware of their biases and trying to create balance in and interventions that make it better. So changing the network environment, creating mentors, creating breaks in the system that really take away those bias elements so you can see exactly what you're getting is really important. And challenging the status quo. I, I'm not the typical image of a, a bank CEO, but, but that's the point, nor should I be, and nor should there be an image. It should be um, whoever is the right person for the job and has the talent to do it. And that's we all need to challenge those stereotypes and unconscious bias that exist. And are you aware of, of that role that you you play in terms of being that first female leader of, of, a, of, a, of a bank? Are you, are you aware of that? And how, how does that feel? How does that play out on a day-to-day -day basis? Or do you, do you, not, do you not carry that? Um, I've, I've never really 
um, considered, I guess, myself as a female leader. It's not a distinction hmm. focused on. I've really focused on being a leader. But certainly as I've become more senior in my career and I've noticed less and less female uh, leaders around me, you know, as, the, as, as, as you notice it deteriorates as, as you go higher up and seeing the impact of what role models do for people. You know, if you, if you can't see it, then you don't believe it can happen. Mm-hmm. I have become more conscious of, of my position as a female leader. I find it frustrating because there are so many incredibly talented um, women around that, that it is for me ridiculous that I am the first um, female CEO because I see incredibly talented women, but I am therefore very conscious that that does um, you know, add a degree of visibility and my role mm. of being a voice and a role model is very important. And so for, we have a lot of young women that we work for, with in Young Enterprise, you'll know that, lots of young women who are setting up and running Young Enterprise companies will be listening to this. We've got alumni that will be listening to this as well. So, you know, lots of young women perhaps have thought of, of, of leading a business or, or looking ahead, thinking perhaps it's just not accessible as a concept, never mind a possibility. What made you believe that it was possible and what could we perhaps learn from that? Well, I always, I never, my, my HR team always tell me off when I say this, but I never planned on being a CEO. That wasn't <laughs> Did you not? Um, no, no, it oh. was never, never my plan. Um, and so I never had this long-term aim. You know, I started off like most people uh, being, you know, interested in the work, wanting a challenge. And, and then it was really about what's the next challenge, what's the next challenge, what's the next challenge. Um, and then as I became more strategic, it was wanting to contribute to that and, and make a contribution. So um, so for me, it's always been about what's the challenge, what can I do, and, and constantly learning. And I would say to anyone starting on this journey, don't be held back in any way. Just try, go for it, find people to give you advice, figure out what you need to do, and, and, and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. I, I think the most important thing is to be yourself and then invest in yourself and develop um, and, and find the things that you love doing. I mean, I'm incredibly lucky. I feel the role I do, I'm very privileged to do. And I love my role. I really, you know, of course, like every job, there are days when you have your head in your hands. But, um, you know, I really love my job. So if it's something you love and you want to do it, go for it. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. And then find people to help you and challenge you and support you and take some risks. Uh, but, but don't ever think that you're not able to do something. And, and I think that was probably one of the great lessons I had from you know, my late father, which was you know, there's nothing you can't do. So don't, don't hold yourself back. And did he instill that in you from an early age then just to keep going, be curious? Did that, that operating framework that you, you, it just feels like when, we, when we're talking, just it's, it's just written through you like DNA? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly it was always um, you've got to work hard. Hard work delivers results um, and there will always be setbacks. And I think a, a very good lesson from, you know, my, my family and my career is there, there will always be setbacks. It's not the setbacks that define you. It's how you respond to them. Um, there's a great saying of, I think it's a, a military one, which is, um, you hit a brick wall, you turn right, you crack on. You don't don't let the setbacks define you. You keep going and you find another way. And I think 
if that isn't an entrepreneurial mindset, I don't I don't know what is. I think entrepreneurs are the bravest people I I know. You know, deciding to start a business, you know, it's a lonely and tough thing to do, but that passion and belief is incredible, which is why I'm so passionate about it because I think, uh, you know. I, I think entrepreneurs are truly inspire, inspiring. And so those of us who can do something to get the barriers out of the way and help them, we absolutely should. Just talking about barriers, as, a, as a, I guess as a high profile, as we've talked before, leader of people, it's a very uncertain time. There's also huge opportunities at, at the moment as well. We mustn't forget that there are sectors that are, that are, that are doing very, very well. But there is an uncertain time, frightening time for many. There must have been times during this last 10 to 12 months where you've been anxious or scared. Is there anything that you can share about tools you've used to steady yourself as a leader that we might all benefit from? Yeah, I think it is an incredibly uncertain time. The, the things that I would say, and you know, I have the benefit of, of some of that experience is with any economic cycle or any setback, it, it will pass. Every down, you know, there is always a recovery. And I think that's an always a really important thing to remember. For, for me, it, it's really about working out what your own individual triggers and, and tools of building resilience are. I'm a great believer in um, when things are very, very uncertain to really focus on the things that you can control. You can get very anxious about the things that you can't control, but really there's nothing you can do and it burns energy. So I, I think a very powerful thing is to think about what's within your control and then work on those because I think that's a very calming, grounding thing. And then for me, um, you know, I I know that if I'm not exercising or reading or spending time with my family, those, those are where I go for my energy. So making sure I'm going for a run or, you know, getting on a bike or doing something like that to really get my energy levels back is really important. And taking time at the end of a week to really ground myself in what we've achieved, what's next. So I, I, I feel in control of the things that, that center me. And, and I think for everyone, it will be individual things. Um, I know in my day-to-day -day job, spending time with customers is a really important thing about the job I love. So making sure I still do the things I really love that give me energy, that's really important. But exercise, way to switch off, control what you can control, um, and you know, have quiet time to really keep perspective on things I think is really important. That's really excellent advice. It's almost about finding the things that anchor you, isn't it, in, the, in that storm, I guess? Absolutely. And we've actually talking about young women and, uh, and young women who are either running or have run their um, young enterprise business. We, we've asked them whether they had any questions for you. I hope you don't mind, but um, oh, they did. We've got a couple of questions. Great. Well, I think they're great questions, actually. But uh, are you ready? Go for it. OK, so the first one is out of all of the barriers that were identified in the Rose Review, what do you think is the most damaging? I think for me, access to funding uh, is, is really important, particularly venture capital funding. For, for a business starting up and scaling up, getting the right sort of funding at the right time is really important. And the fact that only 2% of money coming from venture capital is going to female-led businesses, I think, is 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 not a great statistic and actually incredibly damaging. So the more that we can make it very clear uh, where the funding is, how to get it and make it accessible and get the right type of funding at the right time. I think that is so important because the last thing an entrepreneur needs to do is, is 
put too much debt in their business too early because you can strain it or sell their equity too early because they're giving the value away. So getting the right funding and access to that funding, I think, is absolutely critical. And the second question is, do you think that COVID will have a bigger negative impact on female entrepreneurs than males? That was a question from a young woman. I think if we don't focus on it, the, the danger is, is it, it will. We've seen one of the barriers that's particularly for female entrepreneurs is their family and caring responsibilities still disproportionately fall on females and particularly um, for female entrepreneurs. We, we saw that through our research. So particularly in this COVID scenario, I know from my own colleagues, you know, a disproportionate number of women are having to handle homeschooling, um, you know, uh, and, and balance their, their jobs as well. So I think it's really important that we don't let this focus on female entrepreneurship become any less critical to ensure that we don't allow that to happen. And are, ways, are there ways that you think that we could actually do that as a, as a society right now? Absolutely. So I, I think all of the support networks, the mentoring, the funding, um, the networking, the, the great thing about, I think, you know, one of the underlying benefits is everybody's got more used to accessing digital um, skills and access to support. If I think about our entrepreneur accelerators, we've moved them all online and have handled almost 50,000 interactions with people to give them tools and tips and help. So it's made it almost easier in some ways because it's not dependent on the face-to-face. So I think making sure that we really stay focused on getting you know, the support, access, and allowing it to be uh, people to access that digitally, make sure it keeps a level playing field for everyone. So keeping it on the agenda, getting the mentoring support, reaching out for help and, and being able to do that on your own terms through technology. I think that means we can still have as positive an impact as before. And I'm just really listening again to your the importance of mentors and the importance of relatable mentors as well. I guess there's something in there for, for us as women, because uh, I was talking to to someone on one of the episodes who was saying that women, they'll be the last to step forward and say, I could be a mentor because actually they're not necessarily feeling that they've got value to, to add. So I think it's incumbent on us all, isn't it, to, to think about ways that we can support young people and young women to, I guess, to start to think about those opportunities ahead. Absolutely. And I think it, I think it's, again, back to you, you don't have to know the answer. I, I think often a, a word of encouragement and support and directing to help is really important. I often say to, you know, my team, you know, when you're a role model, you cast a really long shadow. And, and just the fact that people can see that someone has done it, has trod the path and is dealing with the issues and not as this, you know, perfect image of, success I, I think it's a really important thing so I would you know I definitely think it's an arm around a shoulder uh, you know where to go for help and and direct people it doesn't have to be the full answer I think just giving ongoing support is really critical I guess it's that authenticity as well isn't it if, if times you have got things wrong you've made mistakes where you've apologized because you've got things wrong and they see that I think that's just as important as the highlights because Lots of people can read about success, but it's where you've really had to dig in. They're, they're the stories that people really want to hear about, don't they? Absolutely. We've all made mistakes. I think if you asked every leader of every you know, successful business or um, every entrepreneur who is you know, now you know, multiple entrepreneur and has done it lots of times, they will tell you there were lots of times when it didn't work and they made mistakes 
and they learn from it. And I think that's really important. It, it is it's difficult to be perfect all the time and nobody is. Anybody who tells you they are is um, fibbing, I would suggest. Um, And I think it's really important to recognise you will make mistakes and you won't have the answer, but that shouldn't stop you trying and there is lots of help out there to to give you advice and support. But don't be afraid of making mistakes. Everybody has made them. And if I think about my own career, it is often after some of the mistakes that I've learned the most and you know that's probably turbocharged my career in lots of different ways and that's really really good to hear it's great great for me to hear it's good for for lots of leaders to to to, to hear that i guess i'd love to talk to you for i've got so many questions but i we are we are, we are unfortunately coming towards the end of, of this interview may i ask you what what has your experiences of 2020 on reflection taught you that we might all learn from well, i think it's taught me that you know, as a as a group of people and a business and a team, we are incredibly resilient and able to deal with enormous change. If I think back to February, if you'd asked me, could I take my organization and get 50,000 people working from home to be able to continue to support customers, to put 14 billion pounds of government lending out into the economy, I, I would have said that would have been a struggle. But within, you know, 10 days, two weeks, that's what we did. So I think, you know, it's It's really tested people, but people have really stepped up to the challenge. I think the other thing as well is if you look at, you know, UK businesses up and down the country, the incredible entrepreneurial spirit that we've seen, the resilience of business, their ability to change their business models and react quickly to the new circumstances and new opportunities as well has been quite outstanding from entrepreneurs to small businesses to medium-sized businesses. And I think that should give us huge confidence about our ability to position really well for recovery. And that, and what a way to, uh, to to kind of close with the final question. Uh, you talk about confidence. You know, there's some optimism. There's a, some hope for the future. So what, what are your priorities for 2021? So my priorities are very much focused around making sure our business is positioned for the recovery, that we help our customers and support them, that we help entrepreneurs. I, we're seeing a real uptick in people wanting to start their own business to help the younger generation and get tools and tips out to them to help them recover and really build on making sure we're there to support the recovery and to help people through what are going to be tough times, but with enormous opportunities as well. Alison, it's been an absolute privilege to interview you today. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on Enterprising Mindsets. Thank you. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Lovely to chat to you. Enterprising Mindsets is a podcast brought to you by Young Enterprise. If you'd like to hear more, please do subscribe via your favourite podcast app.